Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Just to warn you, today's episode of Row Along may contain some very subtle product placement. I'll talk more about it in the, in the main session. Anyway, today what we're going to do is 15 minutes times two with three minutes rest in between. And it's going to be a low intensity row. The first of these you're going to do at 18 strokes per minute and at 2k plus 20 pace. And the next one you're going to do at 20 strokes a minute and round about 2k plus 18 pace. So from an intensity out of 10 point of view, we're looking round about five out of 10 here where you're putting in enough effort to raise your heart rate a bit and to get your breathing rate up, but it doesn't feel like it's hard work okay it is so important no matter whether you're doing the 1k plan or this is a standalone session this is a low intensity workout and you need to keep it on the back end give yourself space to be able to grow your fitness to be able to build up that tank of fuel the power that you have available will grow from workouts like this but it also gives you time and space to work on your technique okay by slowing things down you can get that sequencing right it's such an important role trust me i banged on about this in the 1k plan in every plan every session i do i just talk about the importance of just keeping on the back end of the pace for these rows push the fast ones fast don't push the slow ones all right i've got t-shirts that say this one this one doesn't say that this one says something completely different and i'll talk about it in today's main session so before we get anywhere near this two times 15 minutes with three minutes rest row we have to do a four minute warm-up just to make sure our body is ready for it. And before we can even do that, we have to set up our machine. I'll go through this as quick as I can, but it's worthwhile paying attention, much like when you're on a plane. So start off by setting up your drag factor. If you don't know about drag factor, I do have a video here on the channel that you can watch, which will give you an idea. If you know how to set it, but don't know where to set it, I suggest round about 130. If you know absolutely nothing, set the lever between round about four and five, because too low isn't the problem, too high is when things start to go a little bit wonky with technique. If you are not in a Concept2, then please just set the intensity or whatever you have on your machine so that you get a nice feel from the stroke, but you don't have to heave against it, okay? Next up, if you can adjust the height of your monitor, please put it at eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down. And finally, if you can change the foot stretcher height, get it to a point when you can come into the front of the machine with your shins pointing vertically comfortably. Too low could struggle to get there. Too high means you go scooting straight past. A good guide is that the strap covers the bottom lace of your shoe or kind of over the balls of your feet all right so four minute warm-up we're going to start this run about 20 strokes a minute and I want you to just put in enough of a push from the feet as though you were standing up with a bag of shopping in your hands you get what I mean just a little bit of a push but not like a grunt because this is a warm-up this is not a hit the ground running up so here we go in three two one let's go so we'll row at this gentle pace for the first minute while we work on the timing between that push of the feet and the handle connecting to the machine. And what that means is, well, hopefully it's self-explanatory, when it connects to whatever makes your machine go, 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 go. <laughs> so in my case, that means that the handle connects the chain to the flywheel and makes the flywheel spin. If you have a water rower, it'll mean that the 
blades and the water drum will go round. But the important part is that you push your feet into the foot plates at the same time the handle connects to your machine. And that is how you efficiently get the power in there. So, as you work on that connection, you can start to think about pushing a tiny bit harder. Don't have to worry about going too intense in the warm-up today. After all, with today's main session being a low intensity one anyway, you can just use this warm-up to just make sure your body is getting into the right positions, ready for the main row. And by that, I mean arms straight at the front and a forwards tilt into the front of the machine. And then as you push your feet, you hold those straight arms on the forward tilt until at least halfway through your leg drive. Right, in three strokes time, I'm gonna take one foot out and put it on the ground. So here we go. One foot out, on the ground. Continue rowing with just one leg strapped in. This gives you a chance to open up your hips, work on flexibility, but also to think about that forwards tilt into the front of the machine with your arms nice and straight, pushing out and only pulling at the back of the stroke. Last one here, let's swap feet and then continue rowing with the other leg strapped in. And, you know, if it's only, if it's maybe like two, three seconds pace difference here, and you're rowing at the same stroke rate, that's okay. But if you're like 10 seconds different and you feel you're pushing just as hard, then you may have some kind of muscle balance or maybe just body balance issue going on that you might want to address. So, both feet in, legs straight, and roll with your back and arms. So that means that now you swing your back from forwards to backwards to pick up the initial kind of tension of the chain or whatever you have. And then as your back is swinging, you follow it by pulling in the arms. Then out with the arms and swing back over your hips again. Let's do one more here. Then let's roll to the front. Tighten those straps on the way. Arms straight, forward tilt, and press out from the front with your feet. Not too powerfully, okay? The important thing here is that you can hold your forwards tilt and arms straight the entire time, that you don't have to recoil. You're only taking half of the stroke, and it's just about working on holding the correct position here. Getting used to driving out with straight arms and a forwards tilt. Oh. Yeah, sometimes this warm-up seems to last for ages. Sometimes it goes and it's gone and four minutes are up. But that's okay because I've got loads more to talk to you about in the main session. So have a quick drink, just slide up and down the rail a little bit to keep on moving and I will explain one more time what it is we're doing today. Okay, once again what we're doing today is two 15-minute intervals with three minutes rest in between. 
And you're going to do these at 18 strokes a minute and at 2k plus 20 pace, followed by 20 strokes a minute and at 2k plus 18 pace. And that three minute rest in between, you know what? You don't need. But what it does is it'll really let everything settle down after that first interval. And then you drive off again into the second one. So it's geared to really not putting your body through any kind of tough intensity. With this being the 1K plan and it's week five, it's all about prepping you for the final big show, then you don't really want to get to a point of lasting exertion at any point in this week. Even tomorrow's session that is a tough fast one gives you loads of room for rest so you're not actually stressing your body by too much that's then gonna affect the end. So that's why there's such a long rest in between. If you are doing this just as a standalone session and you're like, actually three minutes rest, mate, that's a bit too much. Then what to do is uh, keep on rowing for the first minute of the rest, stop for a minute, and then start a minute early if your next one's a base year, you're doing 16, sorry, yeah, 16, one, 16 instead of 15, three, 15. Does that make sense? Fine. Maybe a bit too late because you've possibly already programmed your monitor and you're like, oh, now you tell me. But you can quickly stop and change, pause the video and change all that. Right, my watch is shouting at me, telling me, you're rowing, please start me. So I am going to get ready for this, okay? Uh, yeah, I don't really think there's anything else to say. So we're starting off 18 strokes a minute at 2K plus 20 pace. Follow me for stroke rate in the video or just listen to me for the whoosh of my flywheel on the podcast and then hopefully just the rhythm will take over. The rhythm's gonna get you, baby. Here we go, in three, two, one, let's go. So, you wanna try and get as close to your pace and stroke rate as you can as quickly as possible. Or, in my case, Go absolutely straight past it and roll five seconds too fast. Slow down, Stevenson. Is that better? I'll tell you what I'm gonna do, actually. I'm gonna do this. Ugh. Excuse me while I mess around. If I'm going full guns too soon, I'm gonna take my feet out the straps. There we go. And that will, <laughs> yeah, straight down to 210 pace. I'm now five, five seconds too slow. <laughs> There we go. So yeah, so because I was a little bit over anxious or over gunning there, decided just to take my feet out the straps. That'll give me a bit more of a sense of needing to control my stroke and my power. Still slightly too slow. There we go, that's better. Strapless rowing really is amazing for what it can do for your technique. But I do recommend that if you've never done it before, that rather than taking your feet entirely out of the straps, that you just loosen them right off, but enough that if something were to just go slightly wrong with your timing and you start flying off the back of the machine you can flick your toes up and catch yourself on the straps because I don't want you falling off the back of the machine not in one of my videos anyway leave that to 
one of the other connected machines on a hydro or the new peloton rower so an advert for that today i even posted something on the socials about it it's over three thousand dollars for the peloton rower plus run about five hundred dollars a year like for to subscribe to the service so it's a tad pricey if you ask me I mean it'll be a different style you'll get it's quite easy for me to say just buy a Concept 2 and load up these row-along workouts but maybe the users of the peloton are looking for more of a connected bombastic approach not some scottish doofus in a bright orange t-shirt <laughs> but still it's a ludicrous amount of money and i think it's aimed at people who think that they can buy their way into being fit rather than actually putting in the hard work it's like if I spend $3,000 on an expensive piece of kit then I'm guaranteed to get fit unlikely you still have to use the thing <laughs> anyway sorry sorry this is yet another reason why I should really script what I'm talking about in these rows rather than just bouncing from thought to thought because I had initially started talking about strapless rowing and I deviated sorry but the point that strapless rowing is good for is making sure you get the leg drive into the machine fully that all of the power is connected to your handle and goes into the flywheel because if you are pushing and you still have a lot of momentum from your legs sending your body backwards that you haven't got in to the flywheel well if you're rowing with your feet in the straps what tends to happen is you flick your feet up to pull yourself to a stop and then that ruins your posture and also wastes all that power so by pushing getting my leg drive fully into the machine legs are down handle is at a finish 
and my backswing is at finish then all of that power what power I may have is going into the flywheel and all I really need is to brace my core at the back of the stroke and that keeps me from falling off the machine because there's not much momentum going backwards so there's no need for me to have straps to flick my feet against in order to stop me at the back of the stroke but then it also teaches me about my recovery sequencing so rather than finishing holding and then launching myself forwards I use the handle away to start the momentum which triggers my forwards tilt over my hips and by the time my hands are past my knees I'm in that forward tilt and all I need to do is bend my knees to slide to the front of the machine effortlessly and that's the key is effortlessly I use hardly any energy returning to the front of the machine whereas if you tug and pull yourself forwards with the foot straps you're using muscles you don't need to be using you're likely also to be throwing the handle over your knees when you tug on the straps meaning that action is tiring out your arms whereas for me the effort or energy expenditure ends here and then the arms cause the tilt forwards the knees just roll me forwards again and see when you're rowing a time trial you want every joule of energy in your body going into the drive section of the machine drive put that power in and you want your recovery to be that you're not only recovering to the front of the machine again you are spending time recovering from the drive phase so I drive for one second I recover for two seconds oh well 1.1 and 2.2 at 18 strokes a minute but so I drive handle away forward rock and then slide are the three sections 
of the stroke each one of which takes 1.1 seconds so drive release slide drive release slide and that's how it should be a nice powerful drive and then a slower return and I'm not particularly in favour of holding the handle stopped in order to slow down the stroke because all that does is put excess strain on your body as you hold it for an extra second I much prefer cyclical power where you drive, release, recover okay that's not to say pausing at the back doesn't have its values but pausing at the back is there for you to focus on various elements of your technique so as you pull in you pause my hands at sternum height yes legs down yes posture good yes looking straight forwards yes so if you just do it as a drill to help you analyze your stroke then it can be great value but once you move from that analysis stage try to get into a fluid stroke because what you don't want to get into the habit of especially when it comes to rowing something like a 1k time trial where it's all about high stroke rates is that if you are so used to driving holding recovering holding recovering you'll never get your stroke rate up high because you're always wasting time at the back of the stroke so like I say use it as a drill to help you analyze much like the lowering of the handle if you drop your handle then it's a great way to stop that early knee bend so you don't want to bend too soon and throw over so dropping the handle across your knees keeps them down but once you've learnt to keep the knees down you can go back to just straight line backwards and forwards because that dropping of the handle what it does is it promotes a slump and an early backswing so as you come forwards you slump and then as you raise the handle you come out too soon whereas 
if you just think about a straight line you keep at the right angles and handle height throughout the entire drive, finish and recovery which will help your posture and your body angles through the stroke and make you faster and more efficient which will then lead to you being fitter, faster and stronger okay, a few more strokes to go last one coming up there we go so for me to row that at 2k plus 20 at 18 strokes a minute I was aiming for 205 pace my average by the end was 205.4 I mean the amount of times I was demonstrating bad technique in that hoo-ha getting out the straps that will probably have accounted for the 0.4 uh, but I'm happy, I'm happy it's on the slower side I was aiming for 205, if that was 204 and I'd gone 2k plus 19 instead I'd be a bit like, oh, I pushed that a bit too hard if you're doing the same and you're higher even than that 2k plus 19 then really just do have a think about what you're trying to achieve by doing a roll like this if you push it too fast you completely undo the benefits of why this session's here gives you a chance to slow down and enjoy rowing, working on your technique, thinking about the power looking at it and going, hey this feels great rather than pushing it too hard, finding it a little bit tough and being in no man's land where you're like I'm, getting, I'm not getting the fitness benefits out of this I'm not getting the speed benefits out of this all I'm doing is satisfying my ego that's telling me I shouldn't be going this slow and your ego is not your friend for this kind of a row, okay? tell him to back off the ego man can come along for the sprinty stuff not for this kind of a session right I'm going to have a quick drink as we hit the halfway point and I'll explain this so, as a, so basically I wanted a headband and I really like the halo headbands which is what this is however they're quite expensive to get made as a one-off because I obviously wanted roll on across the top and so it dawned on me why not get a bunch of them made and then that way I can get this effectively for cheaper as long as I sell the rest of them <laughs> otherwise I've just spent quite a lot of money for a box of headbands so um, yeah so I'm wearing it just so that you can see what it looks like um, it's exceptionally comfortable it's kind of it's I'll take it off it's kind of like a it's not neoprene but it's like a nice it doesn't say what it's made out of but it's not like a fluffy kind of cotton thing but this little kind of yellow strip on the inside that is a, it keeps it in place for a start but also it's kind of like it's the last barrier of sweat from running into your eyes um, so I've got like a standard one of these that I always wear when I'm on the bike when I'm cycling but I wanted one for rowing that I actually said rowing um, but yeah, it's, they're fantastic so, either get in touch or go to my roll-on shop if you want one this is the, probably, possibly the only time, apart from actually my wristbands that I've ever actually said, hey look I've got merch How, if you want to buy it, go to the shop the rest of the time I'm like, yeah, do what you want but if you want one of these, go to rollong.com shop and I'm selling them at cost price as well at how much it costs to get them made right, next interval's coming up in 6 <laughs> 5 4 3 2 one, here we go, so 20 strokes a minute 2k plus 18 pace this time, so 2 seconds faster than you were just rowing at 
So I may take a few strokes just to kind of get into that, just to kind of attenuate that power, increase it a little bit. But hopefully you'll get there. Really it's just as a result of the slightly more powerful push it takes to get up to 20 strokes a minute. That should be all it is to increase your pace by two seconds. It's kind of a linear increase when you're doing these lower rates. It's only really when you get past 24 strokes a minute that I start to increase higher than the amount of strokes you've increased by I think although actually I tell a lie 20 strokes a minute training pace for me is 2k plus 18 but 22 is 2k plus 15 yeah alright I lied to you sorry about that in a case you're, you're sitting there going what is he on about 2k plus it's a little late to be explaining it and it is in the description to this video in case you want to read about it afterwards but it's based around your current 2k time so as long as you are medically okay to do so load up 2000 meters in your monitor and row them as fast as you can okay put everything into it should be a really tough exhausting row and then take your resulting time and divide it by four and that will give you the average time to cover 500 meters in your 2k time trial so even if you started at 150 pace and ended at 210 pace if your total time was 8 minutes then your average is 2 minutes per 500 meters and then and this is all assuming that your monitor has a display that shows you your pace at before 500 meters like concept 2 has a screen that right now it says for me 203 slash 500m and that means that at my current pace I would cover 500 meters in 2 minutes and 3 seconds And so, from a training pace point of view, once you have your 2K time, when I say 2K plus 18, it means 
that you row 18 seconds slower than your 2k 500 meter average so my 2k time is seven minutes right now which is 145 per 500 meters on average so 2k plus 18 for me is that two minutes and three seconds pace so there you go and the great thing about this approach is that it's based on your pace not mine not your friends but your pace and it does it's quite accurate for a lot of rowers and it's really only when you become a sub 6 2k rower or slower than say 10 minutes that it starts to be a little bit wonky in which case you need to spend some time working out the right pace for you so like I said at the beginning this should feel about 5 out of 10 effort where heart rate is up breathing is up but you don't feel like you can't continue you should be able to hold a conversation albeit unlike me you will be stopping to let the other person speak from time to time whereas my rows are very much a soliloquy where I just talk away to you about whatever comes into my head so if you can work out what that pace feels like and then you can kind of fine-tune your training to adapt to what is after all an attempt at a cookie-cutter approach for everyone there's other training methodologies out there heart rate based or like just mafetone which is keeping it really low pretty much all the time but heart rate zones are if not more popular than pace based certainly just as and that's where you have zones like UT1, UT2, UT3 anaerobic thresholds anaerobic and they're all attached to zones percentage zones for your maximum heart rate and so it's all about how hard you are rowing but it's quite easy to kind of especially for the low rate stuff to go out too fast 
and then have to slow right down for the back half of the workout to let your heart rate drop to the right zone. Whereas I suppose my approach is the other way around where you'll start off at quite a nice comfortable range but as the row goes on because you're focused on maintaining pace there is an element of cardiac drift that then punches you out of the equivalent heart rate zone but this is why you pick one method and you don't try to cross-pollinate we're not birds and bees so closing in on five minutes to go that's a good sign isn't it a good old sloggy workout and the one thing now that we're entering the 25 minutes of workout point if you're starting to kind of lose concentration or even if this is still quite a long row for you and fatigue might be starting to set in the main thing that tends to go is posture because it takes a bit of effort to keep your posture powerful at both ends of the stroke sitting up tall core braced from here to here so you brace from the drive until your back tilts forwards again so that's quite a lot of time to have a braced core and so it can tire out but usually it's not actually tired enough that you need to start slumping and compensating you just need to focus on the posture you're meant to have so that's that you are tilted forwards into the front of the machine and by tilted I mean your hips are tilted forwards and your back therefore tilts like a hinge you pivot towards the front of the machine whereas if you have a rounded posture with your hips rolled backwards then you have to do something weird at the front in order to get that forwards tilt so think about forwards tilt at the front 
and then at the back a good powerful braced core so that you can just rock back over those hips again Oop, slow down my rate there a bit sorry one more should be back in line with you there we go it's quite hard trying to describe how it should feel but you should be up and primed as you come forwards ready for the next stroke and the t-shirt I'm wearing today on the back of it says don't snap the carrot that's because a while ago I used to always talk about imagining you had a carrot stuck up your backside pointy end up and what you want to do is just pivot forwards and backwards in order to not snap the carrot now, I realise it's both a mixture of childish and disgusting but if it helps you think about oh, 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 don't snap the carrot and that's what gives you that up and powerful posture and I'm happy to be called disgusting <laughs> and childish I've lost the stroke rate again too busy showing off there we go back to 20 so here we go just 12 strokes left and hopefully all of my pleadings to keep this at a manageable intensity sunk in and you're like yeah that was a good solid row but I've still got loads left in me to carry into the next day <sighs> all done so again I was aiming for 203.0 ended 203.3 but I'm happier to be on the slow side rather than well certainly rather than faster but if I had to take a choice between bullseyeing it or being slightly slow I'd go for slightly slow on that one uh, where are we? two minute cooldown, there we go so I'm just loading it in from the ErgZone app which if you have a PM5 monitor I really recommend you use because it simplifies everything and if you find if you type in row along under the discover tab you'll find all of my rows, well all since 2020 end of 2020 I think I think, yeah all in there to quickly load up makes life so much easier so two minute cooldown just gonna do this at a nice gentle pace maybe say about five seconds slower than you were just rowing just then just let your body slow down and, war and cool down so here we go in three two one go 
So just a nice, gentle, you're still, it's almost like how you started the warm-up, where it's just about enough of a connection of your legs to your hands. And again, see, when you're rowing slower, and you're not actually focusing on a proper stroke rate, this is when you can spend time to think about those body positions and where you are as you drive. So you come into the front, arms straight, push with the legs, and then because you're not thinking about power, you can hold that forwards tilt and straight arms as you push your legs in, instead of fighting against the weight of the flywheel and either swinging your back too soon in an effort to overcome that weight or pulling your arms too soon. I tell you what, see strapless, that pulling of the arms too soon is what makes me feel like I'm about to fall off the back. The early swing doesn't. If I do that, I'm still all done at the back and I don't feel like I'm about to fall off the back. But when I do this, <laughs> it all gets a little bit dangerous. So, never really thought about that before. Never really broken the stroke down into those elements while rowing strapless before, so. Answers on a postcard. If you row strapless, what happens? Are you able to stay balanced? Because again, this is another posture thing where you need to have that good posture. You need to have that rock forwards and backwards to row strapless. Because if I am under like this and push, <laughs> yeah, that noise, that involuntary goofy noise was me almost falling off the back. So there we go. That was today's row. That was today's cool down. Next, we can do today's stretching. Now, if you don't have time to hang around and stretch, please stretch your quads and your hamstrings at one point before you get too cool. I don't recommend doing it in the shower because I don't want you to slip and fall, but you're a grown up. So just please make sure and stretch those quads and the hamstrings. Or if you do have time, then uh, Stretchy John has just appeared in the top corner of the screen. He will take you through uh, very structured time or managed stretches, or you can join me. I'll have to get the straps up again. And I will stretch, take you through some stretches on the machine. In fact, I'm gonna take my headband off now. Have I got headband hair? Not really. There you go, whee! It's like I say, available in the shop. <laughs> so stretch, hands in the air. So you both of your feet are in the straps, but not tightened, hands in the air, and then just fold forwards. And as you do that fold, if your legs are straight, you should really feel a big stretch right up the back of your legs. Now, how much you do that fold, the angle of your ankles, your toes, how much of a bit, like whether you have a bend in your legs, because if you bend your legs, you'll completely lose that stretch, but you don't want to lock them down. So there's a fine line between not locking them all the way down and also bending them so you lose that stretch. But um, yeah, they're all kind of positions of your body that you can go in that will affect the amount of a stretch that you get. So let's do uh, glutes next. So one leg up on the rail, other leg comes over into the crook of your knee, push this knee across your body, hold it in place, hold on to the back of the machine and then rotate round towards the back of the machine and kind of maybe even feeling like it's down slightly. So you're kind of pointing downwards into that glute. Then how much you then hold this other leg across your knee, that can increase the amount of stretch you get, how much you rotate down, all that stuff. Just watch you don't suddenly cramp up in, your <laughs> in the glute that's uh, lying out straight. You have to be a little bit mindful of everything else that's going on, not just the muscle you're trying to stretch. Change legs. 
and then pull it across and definitely I'll tell you one thing I'm, I'm a little bit stiff still after uh, week five session one that was yesterday that was the two minute one minute two minute um, that even though it had four minutes rest in between because it was about maintaining top end power and then that one minute stri- sprint at pretty much max power um, woke up this morning my body was like you had a workout yesterday and it was only five minutes I did that five minutes and then I went out for a quick cool down run but that's all I did yesterday yet today my legs were like you did quite a tough row yesterday so just goes to show so oh, let's do quads next so stand up maybe rest your finger on the monitor if you want to flick that leg up hold it to your backside or so your heel is at your backside and then try and have a straight line between your shoulder your hips and your knee and then what you're looking for is just to put enough of a pressure pulling on that foot so you get a stretch into your quads if it goes too high and you start to get a feeling like you're getting a stretch into your hip flexor then you're doing it wrong you're possibly pushing forwards leaning forwards or something that then has shifted where that stretch is going so let's do other foot so hold it and remember or not remember but i've said a couple of times that I can hold onto the midfoot um, rather than onto the toes, and this way it stops me kind of hyperextending the tendons and things through my ankle, uh, like kind of forcing the toes back instead of if you if you hold onto the midfoot, then it's a better place to have that power to hold it into your backside. <sighs> Hip flexors next. I'm going to do the one where we're down on the ground. So one knee on the ground, 90 degree angle. Oh, I've got a big mark on my <laughs> calf. Could have told me. Um, other knee is up in the air above your ankle and then what happens is you push this hip forwards that knee then comes over your ankle um, and you've changed the angles uh, of your of your legs and things and hopefully right up at the top in your hip flexor you'll now get a nice stretch you can do this if you don't want to put your knee on the ground by just lift this knee up and do the same thing so you're lunging but then it does put a lot of force into that forward leg that's now in a lunge so you have to kind of just think about the angles that you're at so I've just swapped legs for all podcast people if you're doing this along with me be interested to see if any of the podcast people actually do follow me at the stretching point because it would be a little bit tough because you can't see me Uh, I don't really ever hear that much from podcast people or maybe I do maybe a lot of the people in the Facebook group are actually podcast people I just assume everyone's YouTube viewers but there are many, well, I say many options, aren't really. Well, there are. There's what we've got. We've got YouTube, podcast, Kino Map, when I remember to upload to Kino Map. I should really just find someone to do, like pay someone to do the Kino Map stuff for me. Because that's, that's my unloved child, the Kino Map stuff. I just don't upload videos to it because it's, frankly, it's a pain. <laughs> the way you enter all the metrics and to go through the intervals is such a pain in Kino Map. So be easier if I could export my video with markers on it and then it knew what was going on and uploaded them with the markers but they don't quite have that technology so sorry next forearms hands together push down sorry I was too busy ranting about KinoMap I should have gotten to the stretch first uh, but it is I mean KinoMap is a great system it's a great thing it'll control your monitor as well as so kind of like it's almost like if you if ErgZone and YouTube married and had a child in fact ErgZone do have the ErgFlix option, um, which uh, I might actually see if they want to do something with the the roll along adventure things. So that might be an idea. Hmm. Uh, yeah, they do kind of do it, but yeah, 
Kino Maps there. It's more, looking at it, Kino Maps used to be more for cyclists than kind of outdoor stuff. Kevin Scott does great outdoor rowing things. Oh man, they're amazing. It's beautiful stuff that he has, but yeah. Anyway, uh, right, um, uh, shoulders. So put your arm in front of you, bring it across your body, and then rotate, hold it against you, and you should get a stretch into your shoulder. Dawned, it dawned on me as I got out of it. I, just, I didn't tell you at all how to stretch forearms. So again, poor podcast people are like, you said forearms, but you haven't told me what to do. So my apologies. For the forearms one for you guys, it's when you kind of put your hands together in front of you in like a prayer, um, and then you push into your hands and bring them down and um, your hands kind of lower them down so that your uh, forearms are, are then at right angles to your wrists. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've just swapped arms for my shoulders. Um, sorry, yeah. I, was, I, let the, oh, I let the ball, drop the ball on my forearms. That's the first one I'd, first time, I, since doing all these stretching things at the end, that's the first time I've actually just done it and not talked my th way through it. So give me some credit. <laughs> you don't have to. Uh, next up, biceps. So, arms behind you, so you're flying, rotate your thumbs outwards. I definitely noticed that as I've been doing this over the past couple of weeks, I can get a lot more of a rotation. I don't know whether that's a good thing or not. I'm not saying I want to be able to do like a 360 turn of my thumbs. How much can I get? So I'm out, like that. Eh, I figure that's about 360. Sorry. <laughs> Things I should be doing on my own time and not your time, eh? Right, and then finally, triceps. So one hand in the air, bring it down so it touches your spine. Use your other hand to then help your elbow to point, reach for the sky, to point to the sky, okay? And then you should feel your hand will come slightly further down your spine as you do that. And it should give you a nice little stretch into your triceps. Um, although actually, yeah, just think, just rem remembered, I was doing burpees yesterday as well. Maybe that's where my <laughs> soreness comes from. Right, other arm swap. The reason I just thought about that is because I was doing the burpees, that's why my triceps are a little bit stiff as well. And it's like, oh yeah, when I went in, I did, I did the run and then I finished off by doing, what, 40? I'm rubbish at burpees and I need to do them for this high rocks thing I'm doing in about five months time. So I need to get better at them. So I did 40 burpees at the end of it. And I'm still rubbish at them. Right, so there we go. <laughs> that's our stretching done. So that was a nice low intensity workout today. A bit of a rambly chat about the importance of various... I was kind of focusing a little bit on uh, like posture and things, but hopefully it helped. Sometimes it's a good idea for me to just focus on something, me, rather than trying to go through the entire, um, the entire stroke. Maybe I'll do that for, in fact, what we've got next? So week, we're on week five, so that means that the next session, oh, here we go, yes. So yesterday was a tough session. Week one, se sorry, week five, session one was tough. Yeah, just forget everything I just said in the past 10 seconds. Uh, today's was session two, which is a nice easy one. Uh, the next session, session three, is going to be back to a tough one, but it's still going to be manageable because there'll be quite large rests in between the tough bits. Then there's a rest day, and then you do whatever kind of thing that you want to do your test for, okay? So that's how the week's going to go. And as being my watch keeps on shouting at me, let's do the quick recap on calories and things. So since starting the watch, you were here when I did that. That was 52 minutes ago. Really? The row was only 33 minutes long. How long have I been talking for? Good grief. Um, active calories, 366. Total calories, 454. So if it's 366, I'd probably round that down to make possibly 300 for the entire duration of the workout. Um, just because I, I just don't really trust these trackers. As, I'd rather underestimate, so to say. If that says 366, I'd rather say 300 than overestimate and then eat way too much and, and whatever. So that's how I got on today. I hope you did uh, just as well in terms of the calorie burn. But... 
you'll agree for the sake of 33 minutes plus warm up and cool down, that's quite a lot of calories to be burning. So it shows that rowing is quite effective and you don't need to be spending, let's go back to, you don't need to be spending three and a half thousand pounds on a peloton rower to have got that benefit. You could sit down on a Concept 2 for what, say maybe 700 second hand, 900 new, load up one of my videos or one of the other guys on YouTube, hell, listen, let's all unite against Peloton on this thingy and thingy, they can, um, yeah, <laughs> I can't even say their name, it's just thingy and thingy, but yeah, I just think, I'm sure it's lovely, I'm sure it's going to be a great machine and it's going to be amazing to roll on and stuff, but good grief, that's a ridiculous amount of money to charge for. I think that's just stupid. And it's preying on the people that think, like I say, that they can just throw money at something and buy their way into it that, that by buying the most expensive thing, that then that's going to be better than a Concept 2, which it really isn't, okay? I, I don't care. Unless, unless there's some secret sauce in the little videos that you watch at the same time you're rowing that will suddenly let you drop 10 kilograms in weight or be... 30 seconds faster for your 2K, then the comparison between 3,200s for the machine versus um, uh, 800 for a Concept 2, plus the subscription you're then paying for the Peloton. I just think it's, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Like I say, I think it's it's rude is how expensive it is. It's rude because they're preying on people that think they can. Anyway, well, I'll stop ranting and I will see you in week five, session three, I hope, as long as you've made it this far through this video. So um, let's throw in a hashtag. Uh, oh, let's just do headband, hey? Let's continue. The, we started off with a blatant product placement, so let's uh, hashtag headband, if you made it this far through the video. And yeah, they are, I only got 60 of them made. It's not like I've made thousands of them and I'm now like, oh, I've got to try and punt them. So um, if you want to buy one, head to the shop. If you don't want to buy one, don't worry. There's actually no pressure. I'm not going to sit here and just keep on going, buy my merch, buy my merch. That's not what I'm about. I just want to row along with you. I don't want to make money out of you, which is why I'm selling them for cost plus postage. So anyway, right. Thank you so much. I will see you in a future video. Until then, take care of yourselves. Be well. Bye-bye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com.